Hi, this is Bethany Cathy, and today is November 27th, and I'm recording live from Austin, Texas on this beautiful Saturday morning. Um, I'm here with my husband, Matt Cathy. Hi, Bethany. <laughs> to talk about the exchange of ideas that can happen between education and outside sectors, um, specifically manufacturing, since that is Matt's field. Um, so I've been in education, and I find it's a very closed-off field that is in its own bubble. And most people don't know what goes on in education other than it involves children. And we also in education do not look outside of our bubble uh, for ways that we can improve or progress. So to give you a little bit of background, this is my 11th year in education, and I've held roles as both a teacher and now as an instructional coach in a 6 through 12 charter school. Um, so like most married couples, Matt and I like to share things about our day and things that are just, you know, going on at work. So over the years, I've been constantly surprised by how many great ideas I've gotten from Matt in the manufacturing sector. And I, I think he can probably say the same. Um, so I thought we would share today some of the things that we have learned from each other over the years. And we hope that you can take some of these ideas and also begin to, you know, maybe have your own dialogue with friends and family who are not in your field to see if you can learn from each other. Um, so before we get started, I wanted Matt to introduce himself and tell us a little bit about where he works and what his role is there. Yeah, thank you for having me today. As Bethany mentioned, I'm Matt Cathy. I work as an operations manager in a manufacturing environment with, with a signs and graphics company called Build-A-Sign. We manufacture everything from yard signs and vinyl banners to stretch canvases. We print approximately 150,000 square feet of material a day and have daily shipments of over 10,000 parcels. There are 300 production employees working together to get all that product out the door. I love this topic that Bethany has chosen because it's always interesting to hear where our different careers cross paths and what we're able to learn from each other. So the first topic we're going to talk about, um, and it's, I think, a topic a lot of teachers are interested in. One of my biggest complaints, and probably the biggest complaints for most teachers, is the amount of meetings that we have to attend and the duration. Um, I'm specifically talking about grade level meetings and staff meetings. And for me personally, I also have a standing admin meeting that is once a week and can take up to two hours long. So talking with Matt about this, I learned that at his company, time management during their meetings is a high priority. So Matt, uh, would you please share with us some of the things that your company does to ensure effective meeting strategies? Sure. So keeping efficient on task meetings is not something that comes natural to many organizations. There are usually a lot of really smart people with a lot of really good ideas in a room, which leads to a lot of non-productive conversations. We've found the key tenants to an effective meeting are to have a visual agenda and, and a meeting leader whose job is to focus on the agenda and keep conversation on topic. There is no crosstalk while addressing agenda items. If more discussion is needed around a specific topic, we'll note attention and save it for the end of the meeting. 
Meetings are not generally a place to do work or to solve problems on agenda items. Tasks should be noted and addressed outside of the meeting. After the agenda items are addressed, there can be more open discussion with any tensions, with clear tasks being given at that time. Using this general template, you're sure to get through all the agenda items, and work is being done outside of the meeting on an individual's own time. Our typical meetings are less than 45 minutes, and many of them are 15 to 20 minutes. Oh my gosh. So I, I absolutely love that. And I remember when you told me uh, some of those things that you were doing, I was in awe of how organized that was and how education really uh, we could benefit by implementing some of those structures into both our grade level meetings, our department meetings, and our staff meetings. So um, another topic that I think education could learn from business is the use of data. Now, data is such a big thing in education, and it really drives most of what we do now. However, I, I feel like we put the data solely on the shoulders of teachers, and we've kind of created a reward-punishment system where we're looking at data from summative assessments, which have already happened, uh, to conclude whether or not a teacher is effective or not. So when telling Matt, you know, some of my frustrations on a daily basis uh, with this and how much I have just started to loathe data over the years, you know, I found him to be very surprised and had a lot of positive things to say about data. Um, so, you know, his main thing is good data should let you ask questions and not answer them. So, Matt, will you kind of elaborate on this a little bit? Yeah. So, obviously, we live in a data-driven world, and as such, Build a Sign is a data-driven company. However, if you're using output data as a report card on performance, you really aren't getting the most out of that data and may not be capturing the right data at all. Where possible, we're using lead data and proactively monitoring various inputs to try to capture exceptions. And, and um, you know, as we capture those exceptions, we're able to act on them more quickly before we are having problems in, in the field, sending bad signs, things like that. Are there any lead indicators that you think you could be using in the school system? Yeah, so kind of thinking on that, I think we really rely a little bit too much on summative assessments for our data, and I think it would be very helpful to use more of the formative assessments um, as small bench points to track our data. So switching from formative assessment data um, and getting away from summative assessments, I think would probably be the most beneficial in education. So Great. Well, one strategy I've learned from you in education is the use of cross-functional committees to help make large decisions, rather than individuals holding all the power or responsibility in these situations. What are some ways you've seen committees used effectively? Okay, so teachers love committees for any and all things. I think we have committees for, I mean, pep rallies. We have committees for tutorials. We have committees for a Halloween potluck. Um, so we love committees. Um, specifically, you know, you and I were talking last week about, um, I was telling you about our CNA meetings and how these are kind of campus, campus needs improvement committees. And we use students, parents, 
teachers, and admin in these meetings. And I think what really helps with these specific types of committees is you have various levels all working together on a goal. So it is a lot more of a democratic um, structure than a traditional meeting where it's maybe all executives or all management. Great. Well, so managing large teams of people can be difficult at my place of work and others. I've learned a lot from you and your role of instructional coach on adult learning techniques so that I may effectively communicate and teach our team members. What are some techniques that you find the most useful when working with adults? So I think a lot of people outside of education are not very familiar with um, adult learning theory and a couple of kind of key points that I've shared with Matt when he works with adults. Um, the first one is the importance of drawing on their past knowledge. Um, so a lot of his employees, they have been in manufacturing for a number of years and they do have a lot of useful things to add to the knowledge. So making sure that you are drawing on their past knowledge whenever you are having a teaching moment. Um, another thing is the need to be involved in the planning and evaluation of what they're learning. So instead of just being taught down to, they need to be part of the process of learning. Um, it also needs to be problem-centered, whatever you're trying to do, very goal-oriented. And the last thing is they need to see the relevance in what they're having to learn. Well, that's great. So that's our show. Those are just some of the topics that uh, we've had conversations that I think have benefited both of us um, you know, in our talks. So I would like to thank you for listening and I hope you are able to maybe get some ideas to implement at your own school and also maybe start talking to your friends and family to kind of get ideas from people outside of education. And also, you know, there are some things in education that we're doing well too. So maybe they can learn from you as well. So Thank you, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks, Bethany.